Welcome to the Neurosurgery Podcast and welcome to our new mini-series on medicine and the law. JP and I are excited to bring you this mini-series. In it, we're going to cover in multiple episodes the many interesting, often confrontational and necessary ways that neurosurgeons and doctors in general relate to lawyers. I think you'll find this mini-series to be exciting, informative, and as usual, just like our coronavirus and Hell Week episodes, this will be released on a weekly basis in conjunction with our regular episodes. Hi, everybody. JP here with the usual disclaimers. The opinions expressed on the Neurosurgery Podcast belong to the people expressing them and don't represent those of any institution or professional organization. Further, the topics discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice nor the practice of medicine. And finally, in particular for our guests of that profession, the subjects discussed on this podcast do not constitute legal advice or the practice of law. But don't hold that against us, folks. Advice isn't free. Now, let's get started. So, JP, I've been thinking about our podcast, and we've come a long way, and we've basically been talking about neurosurgery and life. But neurosurgery intersects with a lot of other professions, right? And what more exciting and dramatic professions than medicine and law? I mean, all you got to do is turn your TV on at night, and I love to watch TV, and most of the dramas have to deal with medicine, law, and maybe the police, if you will. But the law is so interesting And when neurosurgeons intersect with law, it gets even more interesting. And so what we'd like to do is JP and I will be bringing to you a new mini-series talking about this intersection. We plan to talk about a lot of the ways in which lawyers and doctors interact, obviously in the world and realm of malpractice. And with that, how you, for example, uh, prepare or behave in the environment of a deposition or the courtroom when you testify. There are other aspects, though, things like intellectual property, asset protection, uh, dealing with Social Security, disability and workman's compensation. How about divorce or the consent process? And what is the doctor-patient relationship as defined by lawyers? We know what that is, but the law may see it in a different light. So, JP, I know your brother's a lawyer, right? And we're looking forward to having him on. But this, to me, is going to be a very eye-opening experience for me. I think I'm going to learn a lot in the next couple of weeks. Well, I feel the same way, and, and in fact, I'll, I'll see and raise you. My brother's a lawyer, two of my sisters are lawyers, and my father's a lawyer. Um, and so in the household, there was a lot of arguing and a lot of, uh, a lot of words bandied back and forth. But I will tell you that, a, as you say, these two professions of medicine and law are the historic caretakers um, in, in human society, I would say. In medicine, we protect people's lives. In the law, attorneys protect people's livelihoods. And that's not something I appreciated till I got a bit older and stopped just making fun of my siblings for uh, being money-grubbing lawyers. But um, certainly in this series, I think we're going to explore all of those topics that you listed. And I think within those, really get into how this can truly impact individuals' lives, both patients and for we as physicians interacting with them. Um, these concepts are thrown around, these large legalistic words that can sound just as jargony as our Greek and Latin medical terms uh, often go right over people's heads. But what's easy to forget is that all of these things reflect real, physical, and important aspects of someone's life. The, the law can take your house, 
The law can take your car. The law can take your job and it can take your child away. And so I think to whatever extent we can explore these topics, educate both ourselves and our audience on how to more fruitfully interact with the law and how to more fruitfully advocate for our patients and serve our patients in their interactions with the law, uh, we can only serve to benefit everyone in our community the more that we are educated on how medicine and law interact. Yeah, you know, it's 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 so interesting because I have no lawyers in my immediate family and and my my family is from a different ilk if you will. And you could I guess the listeners might be able to sense that when we talk on this podcast, but you know, my clinic is very busy and it's almost like uh it, it's a different experience, let's put it that way. For the folks who've been to my clinic, they'll know it's different and I spend a lot of time talking philosophy to the patients, not like just talking about the granular details of you know, how I'm going to do their surgery and all that other stuff, which is important. And I always ask the patients, you know, what do you do for a living? And what does your spouse do for a living? Because, and, and you know, a lot of times it's a lawyer, right? And they go, oh, I'm a lawyer, but you know, don't worry, I'm the good kind of lawyer or something like that, right? right. And I'm not afraid of lawyers, but a lot of neurosurgeons or doctors are kind of afraid of lawyers. And I think it comes to something quite fundamental. Obviously, lawyers and doctors are both highly educated, very intelligent, accomplished people in general. But you know, we pride ourselves, especially in neurosurgery, as being something like the model of a physician scientist or physician priest. And, and in that sense, our, the way we speak and the way we deal with things deal with, uh, you know, mostly science, right? Biology, chemistry, physics, and whatnot. And those are, uh, to some degree, uh, immutable constructs. In other words, life and death and what you can do and what you can fix and what you can't fix. But the law is entirely a human construct, right? And so when you talk to a lawyer and when they talk to you and when you look at the world, they see the world through a different prism, which is an entirely mutable human construct. And I, I think it sometimes makes conversations with them difficult, but also adds a dimension of meaning for humanity that I think, you know, if you look at your residency training, it's kind of beating out of you a lot of these aspects that the lawyers are building up in them. And so I think it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to come back to and think about, wow, how do doctors and neurosurgeons view problems or situations versus how lawyers see it, right? Right. And, you know, this is something I actually talk with my brother about frequently and, and kind of joke with him about. You know, I, we, we talk about our days at work and what kind of week we had. And I'll say to him, you know, Mike, I, uh, I don't know what you do for a living. I know what I do. I go into a building I touch people. I interact with them. I feel how they can move. I pick up a knife. I do surgeries. I don't know what you do. You pick up a phone and talk to someone. You read a paper. You write more things down. I have no concept of, technically speaking, what an attorney does throughout their day. While obviously they're very productive, and, and as I said, they move mountains for people. They move huge financial sums. They dramatically impact people's lives. But I have no concept or appreciation for technically minute to minute what they're actually doing to accomplish all those tasks, which is something I'm looking forward to learning as we do this series. Um, but as you say, I, I think that reflects the, the mutable nature of the world that they work in, as, as you put it, Dr. Wang. And I think it touches on how the law and lawyers deal with human interaction in almost a pure sense, kind of like mathematics versus physics. It's a pure, removed, conceptual 
idea of how humans interact on paper and how we define things and how we label things and who owns what. Whereas in, in medicine, we're dealing with physical realities. We're dealing with, as surgeons, things that we need to physically alter in a person's body. And so there is, as you said, a philosophic conflict between those two viewpoints of the world and between those viewpoints of an individual who has a problem. And something I've been thinking of more and more lately, um, and we talked about this recently, Dr. Wang, was, you know, we're always taught to treat the patient, not the disease. And in spine, the, the old joke is don't operate on imaging, um, operate on the person. And I, I think at a low level, we take that concept far enough to say, okay, we'll operate on exam findings or, you know, there's a herniated disc, but is it causing pain? Is it causing weakness? And that's how we operate on the patient, not the imaging. But if you broaden that concept further, and in particular with a spine patient, maybe think about not operating on the imaging, not operating on the exam, but thinking about what can you do for that person in their role in broader society? As, as you always ask, what do you do for a living? What will be the impact of doing this surgery for you next week versus maybe wait a couple of months versus, okay, based on your occupation, are you a good person for a fusion? Are you a good person for an arthroplasty? What, what do you physically need to do later rather than just trying to fix your exam or make your pain go away rather than just trying to fix your imaging and make everything look anatomic and pretty? Yeah. And so for those who say, well, we're not just physician scientists, and there are a good number of doctors like that, they say we're more physician priest, right? And I would not dispute that, that we have a, a spiritual component of what we do. Um, you know, there, there again, I think there's a massive departure from the law. And, you know, it, it's like it's like the scenario. Every doctor who's who's had any experience has had this experience with lawyers where you are in a deposition or in a courtroom given testimony, and the lawyer is uh, inveing and attacking you in a in a not so friendly manner, and then maybe attacking your attorney, right? And then after you walk out of the courtroom, they shake your hand and they say, it's been a pleasure working with you. And if I can ever do business with you on your side, I'd be happy to do it. And for us who are sort of spiritual, we're like, whoa, wait a minute, you just spent the last three days telling everybody what an evil, awful person I am, and now you wanna be on my side? And, and it brings back, you know, Mike Apuzo, as you know, is one of my mentors, and, and I, I maybe learn from him or share with him a love of cinema and movies. And I'll never forget uh, in the movie The Firm, I think it was The Firm, uh, not The Pelican Brief, I think it was The Firm, uh, where Gene Hackman is talking to Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise is the young attorney, and he, he, he it's a joke. He says, you know, what's the difference between um, tax planning and tax evasion? And Tom Cruise is like, I don't know. And Gene Hackman says, a good attorney. Right. And that kind of a view of the world is certainly flying in the face of the, the surgeon priest or the physician priest and the physician scientist. And so I think in so many levels, uh, they are almost anathema to our our perspective of the world. And for that reason, maybe we should learn from them. Right. And, and I think we, we should point out, you know, that this is not to weigh judgment on the attorney for serving that role. That is their function. That is their job and their profession and the ability to, you know, which side am I representing? Okay, let's identify the arguments in favor of that side. Let's identify the weaknesses in my opponent. That is what they're trained to do. And that is a necessary role. 
um, in sorting human contact and human conflict. And in fact, it can be useful in medicine as well as a trainee. When I see a patient and I develop a plan and I think this is what a patient needs, but my superior says, no, we're going to do this. Well, I flip the switch and I say, okay, that's the plan. The difference is, of course, that in medicine, hopefully our conflict in planning and taking that other perspective over my own is working towards some objectively true or objectively correct plan. Whereas on the law side of things, there are just two people who want different things. And maybe there is not an objectively right outcome. There is just what this person wants and what that person wants. And they each need representation. So our regular listeners are probably aware now we try to release our mainline episodes on a Sunday. And then midweek, uh, we'll be bringing you the mini-series. Look forward to many additional mini-series after this um, this segment, if you will, on medicine and law. Thank you for listening to the Neurosurgery Podcast.